The book of Psalms, chapter number four, please. The book of Psalms, chapter number four. I got uh, an early morning message from my son. He texted me and and uh, he said, uh, Dad, I'm glad that you're uh, still faithful to preaching the Word of God. And what he was saying is you're old and you're still going. And uh, basically that's what he's saying. We have uh, a little fun back and forth together. Uh, the message is on stress today, and I was laughing because I'm having a little bit of stress this morning. Uh, they put this uh, headset on me, and uh, my son's head is about twice my size, and uh, so uh, I'm having a little bit of stress because of the size of his head versus my head, Melissa, and so I've got tape on the side of my face trying to hold this thing on, um, but uh that's just the way it is. He, when he was born, he came out sideways, and uh, so he's been a little sideways ever since. But uh, so I think I'm going to relate to stress real well this morning. So if you see tape up here, you'll know why it is uh, that way with me just trying to hold on to this uh, microphone this morning. But anyway, uh, all, how many have stress in your life right now? Uh, and if you don't have it right now, give it to the rest of the day because you'll probably have a little bit of stress. Um, my wife two weeks ago broke her arm and uh, we were working in the yard and she fell and tomorrow we go in for surgery and uh, so she's going to be, she's been out of commission for a couple weeks and will be out of commission and on top of that we have her mother that lives with us and uh, so that has put a little bit of stress on us uh, to say the least. So uh, there's always some stress that's in our lives along the way and uh, so I I was laughing. I have... uh, um, how many have paid your taxes? How many are getting money back? Some of you just went like this because you probably forgot it, didn't you? Uh, it's coming at some point in time. And, and uh, my CPA texted me Friday and he said, I have your taxes ready. And I uh, texted him back and I said, is it good or bad? And he's not responded yet. And uh, seriously, he's not, and he's not responded back yet. And so I'm a little nervous about uh, which way this is going to go. So I'm kind of like, I'm glad I'm preaching this message on stress this morning because I, I need a little bit myself in this life uh, that we're facing here. So the book of Psalms, chapter number four, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please, out of reverence to God's word. And we'll read verses one through eight. Now, this chapter comes on the heels of David's coronation as really uh, God's chosen one, but he's also facing some real family issues. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. You have the outline uh, before you uh, with us as well. And it's, by the way, let me just say this real quick. It's good to see familiar faces. Um, you know, uh, some of you are members of our church over there on Skidaway Road and came over here. And I'm just really, really, really pleased to see what God's doing over here. And, uh, you know, we live right down the street uh, here in Sangrina. And so we pass by here all the time. And, um, of course, um, Jeff's my son, Melissa's my daughter-in-law, and uh, we love them. We really love the grandkids more, but uh, no two ways about that. I'm just, it's just, a, that's just the way it is. And, uh, but uh, we wish, <laughs> I'm going to pay for that later on, but uh, Alan, Judy, you understand that concept, don't you, very well? 
But we're just really are pleased and thankful for what God's doing here at Pooler Bible Church. And, and, um, and, and so I'm thankful that you love your pastor and his family and, uh, and love the Lord um, and, and seeing what's happening here. And, and we look forward to seeing what happens in the future. And so you keep your eyes on the Lord. That's the key. Keep your eyes on the Lord, not man. Keep your eyes on the Lord. But support your pastor and love him. He's a good man. He really, really is. Uh, he takes after his mother. Okay, that kind of sells it. Uh, Derek, I can't believe you didn't say amen on that one. I just can't believe. You were thinking it, weren't you? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I thought you were thinking that quietly, okay? Psalms chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, okay? He says, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing Selah? But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Consume with your own heart upon your bed. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for the truth of it. Uh, calm our hearts, still our hearts. Help us to take to the Word of God, not to me or to my words, but to your words. And allow us to let the Holy Spirit speak. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You know, it's interesting if you think about this word stress. It's, you have it in your notes there, I believe. But any type of change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain, uh, feelings of emotional or physical tension, that comes our way. The American Institute gives out some interesting statistics about that. Um, 33% of Americans face what is called extreme stress in their life at some point in time. 77% say that it affects them with their health. Uh, That's why we have so much going on with all kinds of medicines that are out there. 73% with mental health. I think Dr. Rainwater would attest there's a lot of stress going out there with a lot of people with mental health issues out there. 48% that were uh, giving this study said they had trouble sleeping uh, because of stress that was in their lives. They were going over in their mind what they had to face that day or coming up in the days uh, to come with that. In, in order of stress in their lives, work was number one, then facing death or divorce or finances. And that report came out September 5th, 2022. So it's not an old report. It's real life that people are facing in this area of stress. We produce, we produce up to 50,000 thoughts a day. And reports tell us that 70 to 80% of those are negative, are negative. 50,000 thoughts a day, and 70 to 80% of them are negative. So that does affect us, and affects us in the stress quotient of what we deal with. Uh, I, um, my, my wife gave me a list because she's not been getting out of the house uh, because her arm's in a sling, and she's being pretty careful about that for the most part. 
But anyway, she gave me a list to go to the grocery store. Anybody been to the grocery store lately? Uh, when she got done ringing it up yesterday, I went to get a loaf of bread. I really did. When we got done, it was $97.82. That causes me a lot of stress, okay? Uh, because all of a sudden, my wife and, and her mom had a bunch of things they wanted me to pick up. Um, I was laughing. I told my son what I was preaching on, and of course, I sent my notes over to him, and I said, son, I want you to know there's going to be a lot of stress in your church when some people hear I'm preaching, uh, okay, and you're not preaching. Uh, stress is just one of those things that people are affected by, okay? So we're going to look at this thing of stress and see what's going on and why it affects a lot of people. Now, if you look at chapter number four, and you're dealing with this thing of David as a recognition of king, David is, if you go back to chapter number three, he is having a real battle with his son, Absalom, because there's a, a history here. And Absalom is very well loved and respected, and David has not dealt with an issue in his family's life. And so he is running from Absalom, and has caused a lot of stress. And that was, is what brings him to writing chapter number four. And so he's being very candid in this writing of chapter number four, okay? So we'll get to that in just a little bit in your three notes here. But I love this story that talks about stress, because all of us, all of us, face stress somewhere along the way. And I want to help us to understand how to handle the stress biblically in our lives, okay? And we can do that. But I love this story that I read here a while back. A pilot was having difficulty landing a small plane. Now, just listen for a second, please. Was having trouble, difficulty landing a small plane because fog had hidden the runway. So the air traffic controller decided to bring the plane in by radar. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a small plane and that's happened to you, but I have. I was down in Florida one time with Bill Monroe, a pastor friend of mine, and we had to come in by radar. And uh, it's a little bit more scary when you can't see what's going on. All you have is a bunch of clouds out there. So the air traffic controller decided to bring it in by radar. As the pilot received instructions, he suddenly recalled a tall pole in his flight path. Stricken with panic, he fervently appealed to the control tower. A blunt, a very blunt reply came back. And the reply was this. You obey instructions and we will take care of the obstructions. You obey instructions and we will take care of the obstructions. And I thought about that in a biblical sense. If we would obey the instructions, God will certainly take care of any obstructions in our way. But our problem is, my problem is sometimes, I try to handle the obstructions in my own flesh. Do you ever do that? Do you ever try to take control of your life and think you have it all figured out on your own? That's when we get ourselves in trouble with stress. And so that illustration really sunk deep into my mind, and that's what brought me to this message here. In Proverbs chapter 3, on Tuesday, I will be over in Beaufort, and, and, and Bailey knows about this. We have an individual that has passed away with a YMCA's former uh, military and uh, had cancer, 
and I'm going to be doing his service over in Beaufort um, National Cemetery over there. That's where my dad's buried. You have 15 minutes to do the service over there. But his wife said that his two favorite verses were Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That was Carrie's two favorite verses, and I'll be sharing that Tuesday. Those are great verses for us today as we move into these three thoughts in Psalms chapter number four. So number one, if we look at verses one through three, we have help over life's troubles because he hears us. Look at verse number one. David says, hear me when I call, O God. Hear me when I call, O God. So many times we have a propensity to go looking for help in all the wrong places. Uh, we, we go to all these uh, situations and looking for help, and sometimes we forget to go to the one who really can help us. God hears you and me every time he hears us. I love the story from Robert Louis Stevenson when he was a boy. He shares this. He said he once said to his mama, Mama, you can't be good without praying. You can't be good without praying. His mama said, how do you know, Robert? He said, because I've tried. And it doesn't work. You know what? A lot of us face a lot of difficulties in our lives because we don't go to the one who hears us. And he listens. He listens to us. And by the way, God does not need hearing aids. He hears us the first time. We never have to say it a second time. My mother-in-law lives with us. She's 92. She has probably spent, I don't want to exaggerate, but she has three sets of hearing aids. If you need an extra pair of hearing aids, come see us. And the amazing part is, true story, amazing part is, a lot of times she didn't even put them in. And we're like, every once in a while I'll look at her and say, Nanny, do you, because she'll say, huh, 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 do you have your hearing aids in? Oh, I forgot. Why'd you just spend X amount of dollars to have hearing aids? We don't have to do that with God. We don't have to say, God, please hear me. Uh-uh. In the quietness of any moment or any situation, God hears us. And David knew that. When my mom died and I was a 16-year-old kid fixing to walk into five different homes as an orphan, I spent time at Bonaventure. I spent time walking the beaches at Tybee. I spent time on my knees saying, God, help me. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. But I knew, I knew as a newborn Christian still, that God was hearing me. God was hearing me. And as I've walked through my life in difficulties, 
I was sharing with my brother down here. My dad died at 50. My mom died at 51. I'm 70, soon to be 71. My doctor, who's in our church over on Skidaway Road, tells me, you're, you're, you're living on borrowed time. I said, thanks, doc. She said, jeans are jeans. You can't beat your jeans. And I don't wear jeans. But she's not talking about those kind of jeans. But you know what? I know that every morning when I have my devotions, God hears. God hears. He hears us. Psalms 145.18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that call unto him, to all that come to him in truth. David said in Psalms 51, verse 1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to all the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out any transgressions. God hears us when we know him. He knows us. Now, you've got, you've got to make sure that your salvation is sure, that you're one of his. See, the thing about it is, Caroline and Carly, they're my granddaughters. I love them dearly. There's not anything I wouldn't do for them. And, and they know it. Trust me, they know it. Is that right? When we go shopping, not a problem whatsoever. They don't understand. I, have, I get Social Security. You don't understand that concept right now. Um, someday maybe they will, okay? Um, and I'm still working. Someday I'm going to quit working and the pocket's going to dry up. And I'm hoping they're working so they can take care of me. <laughs> Doesn't work that way probably. But what's your name? Yeah, you. Emily. Hey, Emily. How are you? How old are you? I'm 18. 18. You are probably one of the nicest, sweetest young ladies ever walked the face of the earth. And I'm sorry I'm embarrassing you, okay? And you probably are just a sweetheart. But I'm telling you, if you went to the mall with me, I ain't buying you nothing. It don't matter. I'm sorry because I'm broke from them. I'm just telling you right now, okay? I'm having a little fun. But the difference is they're mine, okay? They're mine. And see, when I became one of God's, when I became one of God's, he hears me. You understand? And so today, if you're one of his, he hears you. But if you're not one of his, that's where the problem is. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if there's a question about your salvation, please settle that first. Please make sure of your salvation. Make sure that you're one of his so that he will hear you. And Emily, I would buy you something if you needed it. <laughs> and they know that because I got a soft heart anyway. I really do. But God wants you to know him so that he will hear you in your times of need and when you're going through stress and you're dealing with difficult times. Verse number three. But know the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. David said, I know, I know that God will hear me. You say, well, you know, Pastor Hubbard, life is not fair. I understand that. Life is not fair. Oh, ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? He said, I, I, I don't understand why all this is going on. And and, and, and and please understand, sin has consequences. Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way which seemeth right in a man, but the end there are the ways of death. 
sin does have consequences, and we all, we all are sinners. Is that right? Would we agree to that? Anybody here innocent? I know some of you think you may be, but the truth of the matter is we're all sinners. Every one of us sins, okay? And see, the problem was that David had let some sin go on with, with, with his, uh, with his uh, uh, kids, and, and Abnon had had a relationship with Sister Tamar, and Absalom said, I'm going to take care of this. And so he had Abnon killed, and all of a sudden it became a real problem. And so Absalom said, I'm going to take over the kingdom. And so David said, hear me, hear me. I, I've got a problem here. And God heard him. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But I would dare say all of us will face some stress in our life somewhere along the way if you're not dealing with it right now. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Don't know what the next week holds. I really don't. Okay? But I do know life can be very, very difficult. So God hears us. Number two, verses four and five. I love verse number four, stand in awe. Boy, sometimes we, we want to play games with God and, and, and understand something. God is holy and, and, and we can't play games with him. We stand in awe of God. We stand in awe so many times of so many people, be it Hollywood or sports or, or even pastors sometimes or whatever. Hey, listen, God is worthy of all. What he's done for us. When I consider that he took a 16-year-old uh, punk kid, lived on the south side of Savannah in a mobile home, and he saved me. Man, that, now that makes me stand in awe. And allowed me to go to Bible college and allowed me to come home and pastor my home church. That makes me stand in awe. Okay? And allowed me to pastor uh, three different churches. And, and this young lady right up here, Lisa, was one of my secretaries. And we had a great relationship there in that church. A wonderful church there for nine years in Illinois. Man, if you can pastor a church in Illinois, you've done something for a while. That's a different world up in Illinois, the north. But God's been good. So I stand in awe. And that's what David said. I stand in awe and said, not commune with your own heart upon your bed. Be still. Sometimes we just need to slow down, offer the sacrifices of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. Rather than thinking, I've got all under control, just be still. Be still. And I throw this into here because... Obviously, David had a right to be angry and to, and to be angry with Absalom, who was trying to take over the kingdom. But instead, he said, I'm just going to be still. Could he have been critical? Could he, could, could he have taken Absalom's life? Could he have? Absolutely. But he didn't. Let me just throw this tidbit out to you, okay? Like I said, I'm 70. I've been... Um, uh, I, I've been retired from the active pastor, but I'm still preaching a lot. And uh, pastor, for you, let me just say this to you: Be careful about this whispering and gossip that still goes on around this world, and and even in churches sometimes. I used to get so aggravated with that. Um, look at the book of Romans, chapter one. If you got your Bible, uh, I'm going to just show you a couple of real quick 
uh, scriptures on that. Romans chapter 1. That's something I, I, man, I would stop in a heartbeat. Um, If somebody has something to say, I've always said, if somebody has something to say, I tell them to come straight to me. I'm a big boy. Bailey, you work with me at the YMCA. I'm pretty direct, aren't I? Uh, Just come straight to me. Just heads up. Dr. Rainwater, you worked with me. Pretty straight up, right? Best way to do it. All right? Romans chapter 1, verse number 29. Paul said, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. Okay? Don't, don't get involved in that kind of stuff. David didn't get involved in it with Absalom. He wasn't going to let his armies uh, kill him. He said, let God take care of it. I will put my trust in God. Let God deal with the situations. God is so much better at dealing with things than we are. You say, well, you just don't know what I'm dealing with. No, but God does. We never catch God off guard. Does God ever get caught off guard? You ever think, you ever think God just uh, uh, takes a nap and just wakes up and says, wow, the whole world changed? <laughs> no, that never happens to God. God is, uh, um, boy, I am shocked at just what happened. There was a drone just got shot down. Hey, angels, did you know that? No, 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 no. Nothing happens that he is not aware of. He knows everything that's going on in your life. Everything. Everything. So why don't let's just put our trust in him. Quit trying to handle ourselves. Just be still. He was pointing to the truth. Look back at verse number 6 in chapter number 4. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. He was demonstrating his love versus his hate. Man, if we need anything in, in this world and if we need it in the church, we need love for one another. Amen? I mean, love for one another. I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. Right, Melissa? (laughs) I'm not, I promise you. I do goofy stuff all the time. Okay? Uh, My wife, I love her dearly. And she's facing surgery, and she's not had that. And and I've had two rotator cuffs, a knee surgery, and I got another knee coming up. And my nose has been broken three times from playing ball. I've been through a bunch of surgeries, and so I've been trying to tell her what surgery is about. And finally, yesterday, she turned around and said, would you just shut up? (laughs) And we don't allow shut up in our house, do we? That is a no-no word. We just don't say shut up. We just don't say shut up. But she was just tired. She said, you are not helping me at all, at all. And she went out and sat on the swing in the back porch. And I knew then it was was time for me just to go in my room and shut the door and shut up. Is that right, Melissa? I mean, it was done. So I didn't say another word. I'm not going to say another word about surgery. I got to take her there tomorrow, and I'm going to take her in, and I ain't saying another word. Tony, I'm done. Okay? Because I'm a human being. I I thought I was helping. 
But boy, was I taking dumb pills, okay, in the process. We're all human beings. We really are. So he was saying here, let's just be still. Let's just trust in the Lord. Number three, let me finish up, all right? Verses six through eight. We have help not because he hears us and because we can trust him, but also we have help because he gives us gladness. Verses 6 through 8. There be many that say who will show us any good. Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put what? Gladness in my heart. More than in the time the corn and wine increase. More than the groceries you put on the table. You give me gladness. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, owest making me dwell in safety. I don't understand. I don't understand. And please don't get angry with me. I'm just visiting. I don't understand Eeyore Christians. Okay? Oh, the world's just so bad. Things are so bad. I'm just, I'm just so unhappy. and You know, I'm just... I, I know things get tough sometimes, but we've got something to look forward to. God's been so good to us. Uh, don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Please don't raise. But how many are going to heaven? And how many of you deserve to go to heaven? See, I'm, I'm going to heaven. Not because of anything I did. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. God gave me that gift. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. I promise you. But I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross that we're going to be talking about in a couple weeks called Easter. Don't take that for granted. He did that for you, and he did it for me. He shed his blood for you and me. He was resurrected for you and me, and someday he's going to come back. And we talk about it almost as if it's trite, but it cost God, his son, everything for us. And so I need to walk around with a gladness. Sometimes people look at me because I try to have a happy face on my face, and I try to have a smile, and I enjoy life. And you know why? Because I've got something to live for. And there should be a gladness. Gladness is defined as a feeling or state of well-being and contentment, joy, and pleasure. Isaiah 35, 10, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. By the way, there's at least 47 verses in the Bible on gladness. 47 verses in the Bible on gladness. You don't think it's important? I enjoyed the songs this morning. I sing them because I'm glad that I can sing. Not, no, no, you don't want me up here, but I'm glad I can stand down there and sing. You don't want to hear my voice up here, I promise you. So let me finish with stress education. Number one, we should have relief. Look at how good God is in verse number six. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. We should be thankful Thankful he has put gladness in my heart. Okay? Rather than complaining, let's be appreciative for the things God has done. And look at verse number 8. I will lay, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. You know what? I don't know about you, and, and maybe I'm just totally different duck. But I tell you what, the minute I lay down, and, 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 and I, I'm just blessed. The minute I lay down, I go to sleep. I don't take anything. I don't have to take anything. The whole world can be crumbling. I'm gone. You know why? Because I can't change anything when it comes time to go to sleep. Somebody said, don't you worry that you might die when you go to sleep. I'm gone. See you later. My wife's got insurance money. 
she's going to be happy. I mean, she's going to be okay. She gets mad at me every time I say that, so don't you tell her I said that. Melissa, don't you dare tell her I said that. I won't take you shopping if y'all do that. You squeal. But I have true peace. That God's in control no matter what happens day to day. Lord only makes me dwell in safety. So he hears us. We can trust in him. He makes the where we can be glad no matter what we face. Because we know him. And if you don't know him, you need to know him. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him dead, thou shalt be saved. Let me close with this illustration. Some of you are looking up here wondering why in the world does he have a rose up here? I read the story a while back. Somebody sent my wife flowers. And the story goes this way. A young new preacher was walking with an older, more seasoned preacher in the garden one day. And he's feeling a bit insecure about what God had for him to do. He was just really going through a tough time. And, and that can happen sometimes as a young preacher and you're battling with issues and people are questioning who you are and what you are and what you're preaching and different situations there. And so the older preacher walked up to a rose bush as that young man was asking for advice. And he handed the young preacher a rosebud. And he told him to open it without tearing off any of the petals. Just to open up the whole thing and see if he could do it without tearing off any of the petals. And the young preacher looked in disbelief at the older preacher and he was trying to figure out what a rosebud could possibly have to do with his wanting to know the will of God for his life and ministry because he's really thinking that maybe it was time for him to find something else to do. But because of his great respect for the older preacher, he proceeded to try to unfold the rose. And while keeping every petal intact, it wasn't long before he realized that it was impossible to totally open up that rose and not lose some of the petals. Noticing the young preacher's inability to unfold the rosebud without tearing it, the older preacher began to recite the following poem. And, and please listen, I'm done. It is only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret unfolding of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God unfolds. God opens his flowers so sweetly that in my hands they die. If I cannot unfold a rosebud, this flower of God's design, and here's the point, then how can I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine. So I will trust in him for leading each moment of my day. I will look to him for guidance each step of the pilgrim way. 
the pathway that lies before me, only my heavenly Father knows. You see, I'll trust him to unfold the moments just as he unfolds this rose. And the young preacher got the message. So I hope today you get the message as I do that God hears us. We can trust in him. And he wants us to have glad hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in a very simple message, I pray that we will have an education about what stress is all about. God wants us to be a people free of that. A people free to understand that you do hear us. That we can trust in you. That no matter what the circumstances are, we can be glad. Because God, if you can take care of a rosebud, you who created us in your image can certainly take care of us. Please help us to put our hopes and our fears, our difficulties and our trials and our tests into your hands today. And Lord, there's one here today who does not know you personally as their Savior. May they realize how much you love them. And their deep need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It is about eternity. It is not about some church or some religion. It is about a personal faith in the one who gave himself for us. Who loved us so much. I pray they'll settle that. Thank you for this group. May you speak to their hearts right now. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand if you would. You're going to lead us in a song or two, and these altars are open to you. If you want me to pray with you, I'm glad to do that. Whatever God leads you to, let's sing.